Check. This is Mo better. <laughs> All right, I love it when stuff don't work right. I tell you what, up until that moment right there, everything was clicking in this house, though, wasn't it? Can we just give it up for the choir? And man, how about the set up here and the hard work? Man, people behind the scenes uh, just serving God faithfully in this church. And uh, I just, I don't know how to thank everybody. I, I really don't. I, I just appreciate so much what people do. And, um, I mean, there's just work going on out here at this place all during the day, at night, every night, and staff and, and volunteers going beyond the call of duty, beyond their job descriptions, just doing awesome, awesome work for us uh, in this church, and we appreciate it so much. Well, we're beginning a brand new series today, and I don't want you to underestimate the value, the importance of what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, because i got to tell you all something. We're at a crossroads as a church, and we understand that. We know that. And we have prayed, and we have fasted, and there's going to be some more praying and fasting if you got the newsletter. And by the way, if you did not get that newsletter, make sure you pick one up on the way out. They're out here at the Connect Center. They're out here uh, on this table here. We can even get some back here at the Guest Welcome Center if you need to pick it up there. And uh, make sure you get the newsletter as we embark on a new journey for this church. A new journey. Same message, yes. A lot of the same methods, absolutely. But just understanding that God is calling us to a higher place as a church. He's calling us to a bigger responsibility in this community. He's calling us to pierce the darkness as a, in a way we've never pierced the darkness before. And so I don't want you to take for granted the things that I'll be talking about over the next few weeks. I want to uh, carefully walk through and share with you what's behind God's strategy for our church and the strategy that we believe he's put in our heart as a leadership team. I want to talk to you about why we do what we do the way we do it. What is the theological basis for the way we do church here at Whitley Church in the Bridge? What is the biblical foundation? What are the core values that drive us as a church? What are the core values, the biblical foundations, the, the, the theological uh, basis? What is it that drives the bridge? And in this series we're going to go deeper. Now, we touched on these topics a little bit a few weeks ago in the prayer series, but I want to go deeper. I want you to understand what we're doing in this church. As a matter of fact, i got to tell you something. If I was sitting out there where y'all are, and I was running into people in Goldsboro, I mean, you know how they look at you when you say you go to Whitley Church. They're like a dog that heard a high-pitched whistle. All of a sudden, they go, because eh, they think we're crazy. They thought Jesus was too, so bring it. Amen? Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I'm not in to transfer growth. If God leads somebody to leave a church and come here, then that's between them and God. But I'll tell you something, we're not after somebody else's sheep. They're already born again, they're already saved, I hope, and they're already in church. We don't want to transfer sheep from one stall to another. Amen? I want to go out there and find those sheep that have gone astray, and I want to bring them back to God. 
That's our job. That's our responsibility. That's what God's called us to do. And that is what we will do. And as we do it and as we get creative about it and as we do it in a way no other church has ever done it before, we're going to get talked about and we're going to get criticized. And I'm not trying to be all, all uh, you know, negative and isolationist and all that kind of stuff here. I'm just telling you to buckle up. I'm just telling you to get ready because when you decide as a child of God, you're just not going to fit in the mold of what everybody else thinks a child of God is, and you decide you're going to be the kind of child of God Jesus wants you to be, you're going to get nailed, buddy, sister. You're going to get criticized, but we're going to do that. You say, Pastor, haven't we already been doing that? Yes, we have to a level and to a degree, but we're, we're about to take it further. And I want you to understand what we're doing. Now I want you to understand the characteristics and the qualities that make our church what it is. I want you to understand what is going to make our church not only what it is, but what it's going to be as we obey God, the vision he's put in our heart as we pursue it uh, in this world. Now, the title of the sermon series is Giving Life by Giving Christ. Giving Life by Giving Christ. That's our our sermon series, but we're going to do a little subtitle so you understand what we're talking about here. I want to give you over the next few weeks, 10 qualities. I'm going to give you all 10 of them today. No, over the next few weeks. Just thought I'd make y'all nervous. Um, 10 qualities of a life-giving church. 10 qualities of a life-giving church. Now, um, we can't have a life-giving church if you're not a life-giving Christian. I mean, we can't be out here from Sunday afternoon through next Sunday morning just like everybody else and come here on Sunday morning and all of a sudden we're this big life-giving church. You gotta be life-giving when you leave here today. When you go to the restaurant this afternoon and the woman is aggravated with you and you don't know why. The woman who, not, not your wife, the woman waiting on you at the restaurant. I mean, you know why your woman you're married to is aggravated with you. But you, you get there to the restaurant and you don't know why the girl's in a bad mood or the guy's in a bad mood. You, you don't know. Your fleshly reaction, and I know this because guess where I live? In my flesh. Your flesh re, fleshly reaction is to go, you know what? You're not getting a tip from me, or I'm going to leave a penny, or I'm going I'm to show you. See, that is, that's not what life-giving people do. We assume that the reason they're so unhappy is because something's messed up in their life, and they need the Jesus we know about. Y'all with me out there? Now, we got some little cards. We're going to pass them out next week. We're going to pass out these little cards that say, just because. And it's got the Willie Church name, or some of them have the bridge, and uh, you can pick up whichever one you want to. And it's got the website and the phone number and everything they need. I, I think there's even a little map on there that shows them how to get to the churches. It shows them how to get to our locations. And we want you to go out and be good to people for no reason and just hand them one of these cards. Now, that guy, you're going to go, and the, and the cards are available today. Now, we're going we're gonna to actually have them in your seat next week so you won't miss them. Five, five to a pack. You're going to have them next week. And we want you to take these with you everywhere you go. And we want you to do acts of kindness, random acts of kindness. And then we want you to hand the card 
and say, God bless you, and don't wait for them to give you accolades. You don't want your reward down here. You want it. So if they start to think, you go, huh? And you just walk away and say, God bless you. Like um, right after August 31st, I'm going to Bojangles. Now, I haven't had any Bojangles since the last day of May. And y'all going to find me in a parking lot in a Bojangles coma <laughs> September the 1st. It's Labor Day. I'm off anyway. So, uh, I don't know if that's true. But, um, so, you go to Bojangles. <laughs> Jim, you like that, didn't you? You go to Bojangles, and you pay for your... Um, you pay for your uh, eight-piece bucket that you're going to eat by yourself for lunch, all right? You're going to pay for that. And then look behind you and say to the woman, hey, um, that car behind me, how much is their bill? Now, if it's a van full of construction workers, you may want to go to the car beyond that one. <laughs> and pay that bill and say, listen, when that car behind me comes through, hand them this card right here. Listen, it's time to demonstrate love it's time to demonstrate the love of Jesus now with the economy like it is you're going to have a whole bunch of opportunities to help people you're going to have a whole bunch of opportunities to encourage people so I want you to you can go by and pick up some cards today if you want to As a matter of fact I'm going to tell my staff right now since I've talked about it like this you might want to get some extra ones up because people might want to go ahead and get some I carry some in my car with me and I want you to do that <clears throat> And let's go out there and be Jesus. Amen, amen? Let's be different. Let's do something different. So 10 qualities of a life-giving Christian which creates a life-giving church. If, we're all, if we all become life-giving Christians, then we'll be a life-giving church. Now, I just gave you a couple of examples of the way you can be life-giving. There's a lot of ways you can be life-giving. I mean, in the words you say, the way you talk to people, the way you react to stuff. Um, just taking time to listen to people instead of you doing all the talking, that's, a hard, that's hard for me because i got good stuff to say, don't you? And we just need to stop and listen to people. There's a lot of ways that you can give life, a lot of ways to be life-giving. Let's talk about one today very quickly. Being a life-giving Christian, which creates a life-giving church, is about a particular kind of mission, not any kind of religion. A life-giving church understands it is on a mission. Now church, if we get this right here, if you get this in you, because I got to tell you, most Christians don't have this in them. Most Christians think church is just a part of their life and they say, well, I'm going to go to church. I'll go you know, Sunday morning, and then if I'm real, real spiritual, I might show up on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, I'm, and then if I'm really committed, I'm going to volunteer for a couple things, and I'm going to give a few hours of my, of my volunteer life. And, and then I've got my, you know, I've got my church life, and then I've got my secular life, and then I've got my vacation life, and then I've got my, like, my family thing. Hey, listen, you are, Paul said to the Corinthians, you are a representative of Jesus 24-7.
You are an ambassador of Christ 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're always representing him, always. We are always on mission. We're always on mission. We are never on vacation, really. Even on vacation as a Christian, you're on mission. And the people said, you're always looking for opportunities. I love that story in the Bible where Paul and Silas are in prison. And uh, they've been beaten and they've been thrown down in this, in this prison. And you, and you ought to just read about how the Roman prisons were back then. There, were no, uh, there, were, there was no sewer system. So you can imagine what a prison cell was like. Paul and Silas with stripes on their back and blood running down, sitting in sewage. Paul looked at Silas and said, hey, dude, let's sing. He said, what you want to sing? He said, man, let's go back to that 48th Psalm. I think it's Psalm 48. He said, let's sing. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Man, it wasn't that bad, was it? Was it that bad? Wow, okay. Um, so, so Paul and Silas were singing, and God loves worship. As a matter of fact, my next sermon series after this one is your story, and we're going to talk about the power of a testimony. We're going to do a series of sermons on that. And then my, my next sermon series is on worship. We're going to do a series on worship. And God loves worship. Matter of fact, that's his address. The Bible says God dwells on praise street. He lives in the praise. You remember this verse? God dwells in the praises. It's in the Bible. God dwells in the praises of his people. So Paul and Silas start praising God. And I love what the black preacher said about this. I was listening to on a a CD. I believe it was E.V. Hill said, he said, you know, the Bible says the earth is God's footstool. He said, so God had his feet up on his footstool. And when he heard them boys singing from that jail, he started patting his foot. He said, and the jailhouse began to shake. Do y'all know the story in the Bible? And the doors fell off the hinges and the windows fell out of their place. And all of a sudden, everybody who was in prison wasn't in prison anymore. And they were all free. But instead of Paul and Silas running, I got to tell you something. I just, I need to fess up right here. If I'd been in that prison and the door fell off, you would see nothing but heels and elbows. I mean, buddy, I would be... But not Paul and Silas. The Bible says they stopped where they were and scanned for opportunities to give life. That's what I'm talking to you about. God, make me that kind of guy. Make me that kind of Christian. Help me lead Whitley Church in the bridge to be that kind of church that when we could go down the path of of least resistance, we don't do it. We pause where we are and look around and go, who can I help? 
Who can I bless? Who can I minister to? When you walk in Walmart, when you walk in Target, when you walk in the mall, when you walk in Food Line, when you walk in whatever place you like to walk in, when you walk in, look for a place to serve. God may have a preordained meeting between you and somebody who needs you to just speak a word of life into them. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? We've got to be life-giving people. Life-giving people. So being a life-giving church is about understanding that you're on a mission. You've heard me say that in a lot of ways if you've been coming to the church any length of time. And if you don't leave us, you'll hear me pound it and pound it and pound it. Because it is not about, ladies and gentlemen, it is not about us getting what we want. It is about us rejoicing in what God has done for us and then looking for ways to give that away. Looking for ways to give that to other people. So why do we preach this and why do we believe this and why do we push this? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus did not say, I have come to give religion. He did not say when he was stating his purpose for being here, he did not say, I've come to give religion. Now it may come as a shock to you, but Jesus also didn't say, I have come that you might have meetings. Because if meetings would bring revival, all churches I know would be in revival, amen? Because we are some meeting people. That's just meat. Jesus did not say, I've come that you might have religion. I've come that you might have meetings. Listen to this. He didn't say, I've come that you might have rules. He didn't say, I've come that you might have rituals and regulations. And I didn't come that you might have ceremonies and pomp and circumstance. I didn't come that you might have church politics. He didn't even say, I've come that you might have doctrine. Now, is doctrine important in the church? Absolutely. You know what I believe about that. You ought to know what you believe and you ought to be able to say it. You ought to be able to spout it out. You ought to know some scripture references. The Bible says be ready to defend your faith. Your, your apologetics, you need to have that intact. That's your responsibility. It's the responsibility of the church to put information out there, but you've got to absorb it. You've got to learn it. You've got to get it in. Your doctrine is important. But Jesus didn't say he came to bring any of those things. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, my purpose in coming is to give life in all its fullness. Is that up there? When I pause like that, that means y'all read it out loud right there. So let's go back over that again. My purpose in coming is to, in all its, see, I want you to get it. Jesus said, my purpose, Jesus' purpose in coming to this earth was to give life in all its fullness. And you can read that in any version you want to read it in and in any paraphrase you want to read it in and the message is the same. Jesus says, I've come to give life. Now I want you to follow my train of thought here. Now you all know that if we can line up in obedience with God, we're going to get blessed, aren't we? If we can get lined up right, there's a man here, Mr. Sauls, who's lined up my front end many a time because I'm all the time running into stuff and holes and stuff. and He, he knows how to line up a front end on a car. And uh, 
God says, if you're not in line, if you're not in line in obedience, then you're not in the flow of what I want to do in your life. I want to bless you. I want to pour things into your life. I want to do things for you. I want to take you deeper. I want to take you further. I want to help you mature. I want to help you be stronger in me. But you've got to understand what I'm about, Jesus says, and you've got to be about that too. Are y'all with me? See, we can't, we can't decide what we want to be and then go to the Bible and try to find it, find it and go, oh, there it is, so I'm cool. So I found a verse that kind of halfway goes along with what I'm saying. Well, you don't find out what you want to be or discover what you want to be or decide what you want to be and then go find Scripture to support it. You go to the Scriptures first. You go to the Scriptures first. So we go to the Word of God. Jesus said, my purpose in coming was to give life. So if it was Jesus' purpose to give life, and we know it was because he said it was, then we have to understand that if we have been born into the family of God, if we have been saved, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, if we have been born the second time, if we've experienced the new birth, the second birth, what Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born Again, if we have experienced that conversion, I want to preach on that a little bit and then I'm going to let you go. If we have experienced that conversion and our life has been converted, truly changed, then boys and girls, our life is going to be about what Jesus' life was about. And I see a lot of Christians and their life isn't about what Jesus is about. They've decided what they they've decided what their Christian life's going to look like. They've decided what they want their Christian life to be. They've decided what they want their system of belief to be. And they've gone in the Bible and picked a scripture here and a half a verse there and a little passage over here and they've said, "Right there is the foundation for my system of belief." And I got to tell you something, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. So what we have to do is study the word of God and say, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I've come to give life. Now, I want you to understand that when you were saved, when you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal savior, and let me just talk about that for just a minute. True conversion carries with it two elements, two primary elements, faith and repentance. Faith and repentance. Now, listen very carefully. Because I don't want to be one of those churches that you think you're going to come into and we're just going to tell you how to turn over a new leaf. We're going to just tell you how to be a better person. We're going to give you 10 steps to happiness. We're not about that. If you want that, go to Barnes and Nobles in the self-help section and you can get all that you want. We want you to to change. We want you to be converted. We want to bring you face to face with the redeeming, risen Jesus Christ because only he can change us and make us what we ought to be. So I'm going to tell you, we're all about getting you to Jesus. You say, uh, it's so funny. I uh, was talking to a young lady uh, that I've gotten to know. um, And uh, Okay, I drink a lot of coffee, so she serves me coffee. And uh, she said, hey, man, she said, I I sent somebody to your church not long ago. I said, really? I said, did they like it? She said, well, they really liked it, but she said that it was a little more fundamental than she was used to. Well, I don't know what fundamental is. 
If fundamental means you believe the Bible, yep, check. If fundamental believes that you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven through his death, burial, and resurrection, check. Now, I know we got all kind of labels for all kind of churches. I, there's a church on the way back home, and you've seen it, it's over on the left. I'm sure they're wonderful people, fundamental, you know. Well, I got to tell you something, man. We are Bible believers. If you come to this church, we're going to preach the Bible. We're going to preach the Word of God. We're going to preach Jesus Christ dead. We're going to preach Jesus Christ buried. We're going to preach Jesus Christ risen from the dead. We're going to preach, as the old preacher used to say, heaven sweet and hell hot. Amen? That's who we are. So don't get the idea that just because it looks all pretty up here, we're going to give you straight up Word of God. So, I just said that because I'm about to give you some straight up word of God. So get ready. We're not here about you feeling better about yourself or, you know, finding, finding yourself. We're about getting you to Jesus. And I got to tell you something right now. You can come and clap to our songs and put money in our offering. And if you put money in our offering, we will spend it. You can get our coffee cup and drink coffee out of it and you can even come up here and join this church and you can volunteer. You can get baptized. You can get baptized so many times that tadpoles know your social security number. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's just funny. None of that will save your soul. None of it. None of it. You go stand before God and you go, man, I went to Whitley. And yes, Lord, I know he was crazy. Yes, sir, but I still went there to that church. And uh, God, I volunteered and I joined the church and Lord, I gave my tithe. You might even give 10%. Imagine that, somebody obeying God. And um, you might, I mean, you might just do a whole bunch of things in this church, but um, God will go, you know, man, that's awesome that you uh, did that at Whitley. But I don't see your name here in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, Lord, I, I, thought, I thought when I joined that church that that, no, you know, Pastor Hardison told you that wouldn't do it. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And I know we don't hear that a lot Today, and churches who say that and preach that, you know, they're old. Well, it's just like the lady who visited your old line, fundamental. But listen, I tell you that because it's true. I tell you that because he's the only way. I mean, it's just like, I've given this illustration before. It's like somebody goes, you know, I'm in North Carolina, Goldsboro, I want to go to Florida. And, and we look at them and they go, oh, man, 95 South. Just get on 95 South. Uh, NASCAR, 95 Y'all been on 95? Crazy. Let's get on NASCAR 95 and go south. And they go, well, you know, I'm going to just go my own way. Okay, well, what way are you going to take? 40 west. Really? <laughs> 40 west are you? Going to Florida. See, the only reason I say you got to go south to get to Florida 
I'm not trying to be narrow-minded. I'm not trying to be um, uh, 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 a Bible-thumping, Bible-slamming. Fund- I'm just telling you, you ain't going to get to Florida if you don't go south. I'm just saying. And you're not going to get to heaven unless you go through Jesus. Now, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are referred to as a new creature. You're referred to as a lot of different things. One of the things that the Bible calls you is now you're a part of, the, of Christ, the body of Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. Now, now listen. We're part of the church, the worldwide church. Now, Whitley is a church. We are a local church called Whitley Church. We have a, a satellite called The Bridge. So we are a local church, but we're part of a whole worldwide church. I mean, the Methodist people down the road who know Jesus, they're our brothers and sisters. The Church of God people who are this way, and the Baptists and the Presbyterians and, and the Free Will Baptists and the Fundamentalists, if they know Jesus Christ and they've received him as their personal Savior, we're all washed in the same blood of the Lamb, and we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. We may do church a whole lot different, and they may have some policies we don't have, and we may have some policies they don't have, but if we all know Jesus Christ, we're all in the same family. So we're a part of a worldwide body of Christ. I got to tell you something. Those people dancing up there on that screen, those were my brothers and sisters right there today. They were my brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, I just think all the staff except me ought to wear some of them things on the head. And then, (laughs) then you would know they're the leaders. (laughs) Just, Just the thought. So I won't need one, but they will need one. So as the body of Christ, we are to, listen to this, we are to continue to do in this world what Jesus started. You say, where's that? Acts 1 and 1, Acts 1 and 1 says all that Jesus began. Jesus came down here and got something stirred up. Jesus came down here and brought life and the life that he gave to people while he was down here, the ones who would receive it, took that life and then they began to give it away and then Jesus ascended into heaven and sent the power of the Holy Spirit on us so that we would not have to depend on our own flesh and our own human ability, but we could depend on the power of his Holy Spirit and then Jesus said, I want you to go do what I did. Well, in Acts, in John 10, 10, he says, I came to give life. I came to give life. So now we're the body of Christ. Y'all with me? Y'all follow me on this? We're the body of Christ. So what do y'all think we ought to be doing? Giving life. Let me show you a scripture in the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 12. Look what Jesus said. I assure you, in the King James, that means listen up. Because I'm about to tell you something, you need to get, let it sink down. And then he didn't just stop there, but he said it again, most solemnly, I tell you. So when Jesus says, listen up, listen up, which is basically what that's saying, then what we should do? What should we do? We should listen up, listen up. Okay. I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes. Now what Jesus, I believe, was talking about there 
was not some kind of religious conversion, not some kind of conversion to religion or conversion to a religious system as was well known back in his day among the Pharisees, but Jesus said steadfast belief. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus was talking about faith in him. He was talking about conversion. Now, let me tell you, let me go back to that conversion I was talking about earlier. here's, Here's conversion. Conversion is repentance and faith. You're going along in life, drama, skit, y'all ready? You're going along in life and everything's about you and everything's about your family and everything's about your bank account and everything's about your vacation and everything's about you and you getting what you want. And uh, even if you do something for somebody else, that's about you too because you get mad if you don't get credit. So you're going and you're lost and you don't go to church and you talk about church folk and, or, or maybe you go to church and you think because you're doing that and you volunteer there and you gave a little bit of money, you think that makes you a Christian. So you're going along in life and you're thinking that and you're lost. I mean, you're just lost. And all of a sudden the gospel is preached just like it's being preached right here today. The gospel is preached. Maybe the gospel was preached in a song. Maybe the gospel was preached. I got to tell you something. If I was here today and I was lost without Jesus Christ and I saw that video of those people rejoicing, I tell you what, that would bring conviction on my heart. So maybe a video spoke to you. Maybe this sermon is speaking to you. Maybe the song that the choir sang, man, were they anointed today when they sang that song? Wow. Maybe that spoke to you. Maybe... Pastor Andy and Hal Veroni up here before church spoke. I don't know what spoke to you, but whatever spoke to you, you realize I'm lost. Jesus died on a cross for my sins. He rose from the dead so he could give me life. I need him. So you're walking down the road and you're going through life and all of a sudden you're confronted with the gospel. You're confronted with the person of Jesus Christ. You recognize your loss without Jesus Christ and you say, I don't want this life anymore because it's leading nowhere. It's leading to nothing. It's leading to empty wells and, 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 and water that doesn't quench my thirst and bread that doesn't feed me and I'm sick and tired of it and I want to go toward Jesus. And so we do something the military calls an about face. That's what repentance means. Repentance means to change direction. That's why when a person comes up to me and says, I've been born again, I go, oh, really? And the first thing I want to know is, have you turned around? Because you are not converted if you say, oh, man, I love Jesus. I love Whitley Church. And you're still going in the same direction. You turn around. Jesus is that way. You turn around. You put behind you sin. You put behind you self. You put behind you Satan. And you fix your eyes on Jesus and you serve him the rest of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, that is conversion. That's conversion. But but I got to tell you, we have watered down our preaching so much. We have watered down our preaching so much in these last days <clears throat> that um, um, well, I don't even know which microphone. I just turned this off and coughed and had this microphone. That's, wow. Man, thank you. The uh, guys at sound are applauding me. That was awesome. Um, 
but, but the word of God is so watered down in so many churches. I got to tell you something. People leave feeling better about themselves. They leave feeling good because they went to church. They leave feeling good because they kind of patted each other on the back. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. That's all fine and well. I want to be a life-giving atmosphere. I want you to leave here feeling blessed and strengthened, and I want you to leave here with joy in your heart. But, guys, I want you to leave here ready to meet Jesus. I, you say, well, you know, Pastor, as strong as you're bringing it on today, somebody might not like it. Well, wow, that would make me even more like Jesus, won't it? Because they didn't like what he said either. But you know what I found? I found that sometimes they start out not liking what you said, and the reason they don't like what you said is because they're under conviction. So you might plant that seed, and they might go, I'll never go back to Whitley Church again, but they might go back down here to this old church on the left that says fundamentalist, and they might find Jesus because of the seed we planted here. That pastor there might water that seed, and he might reap that harvest. And you know what? That's all right with me. I just want boys and girls and men and women to go to heaven when they die. But they're not going to if we don't give life. They're not going to if we're about a religion and we're not about a mission. We're on a mission. When you leave here today, you go out there into the mission field. So very important. People look for everything to feel that hunger and that thirst they have. They're looking everywhere. They call it happiness that they're looking for, sex appeal, fame, status, wealth, success, entertainment. Look what Jesus said in John 6.35. In John 6.35, look what Jesus said. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. The bread of what? I'm the bread of life. Any other bread you eat, you will die. Every other kind of bread, and I know some I, people bring me fresh baked bread. It's good. Don't stop bringing it. But it won't give me eternal life. It may give me a little life down here, but it is temporary. Jesus said, if you'll eat of the bread I offer you, I'll give you from that bread. You will get eternal life. Look what he says. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. Every time I eat the bread these sweet ladies bake for me and I put honey and peanut butter and stuff and eat it, I want more later. Jesus said, if you will let me feed you, you will never be empty again. I will, you, I will, I will satisfy that hunger. Then he, then he addresses the thirst. He said, those who believe in me will never what? Thirst, that's what they're looking for. Listen to me, listen, this is. They are looking for purpose in their life. The people you see at work, the people you see on your job, the people you see at the market, the people you see at the restaurant, they are look, they're looking for that right there. They, they, they're asking, why am I here? Why, am I Why was I born into this world? As a matter of fact, a lot of them, when you begin to talk to them about Jesus, you can see them resist it because they don't like to think about eternity. See, they, just, they don't want to think much further ahead than their next vacation. They want to keep something like in their mind that they have to look forward to, and they're not looking forward to eternity because they know they're not ready to go into eternity. But when they go to bed at night and lay down on their bed and turn all the lights off and turn the TV off and turn all the music off and turn all the entertainment off, and all of a sudden they're laying there in the middle of the night and it's very quiet, let me tell you something. You know what they think about? Eternity. God will get you in that place where you think about eternity. 
and they think about it. But see, a lot of times they don't want to hear our message about Jesus. You say, well, Pastor, how in the world can we get them to hear our message? And, and this is what I believe God's put in our heart. Let's be Jesus before we push Jesus. Let's be Jesus to people before we start talking to them about Jesus, before we start taking them down the Roman road to salvation. Let's be Jesus to them. Now, I know you don't always get that opportunity. You might be on an elevator with somebody. You might be, have 10 minutes with somebody, and, and, and you've got to be ready. We got a class called 401, and uh, Kenny teaches that class. And uh, he'll be glad to teach you how to develop a 90-second testimony. And, and we'll teach you all that stuff. But guys, I'm telling you, the most effective way to lead people to Jesus Christ is to build relationships with people by being Christ to them. Being Christ to them. Let them see Jesus in you. Then when you get ready to talk about Jesus, they will, they will hear your message. See, the church ought to be the one place people can come and get the answer to that right there. Church ought to be the one place people can come and understand why they're here, what their purpose is, why God put them on this earth. But we don't have to, and we shouldn't depend on them coming. What we need to depend on is us going. I've told you this before. The church doesn't, isn't told anywhere in the Bible to go. I mean, the, the Christian uh, center, the lost person isn't told anywhere in the Bible to come to church, but we're told to go over and over and over. Nowhere. I mean, you can't go out there and, and try to get somebody to come to church and say, hey, look, right here it says you sinners need to come to church, you know. It isn't in the Bible. What's in the Bible is us going, taking those cards. We're trying to make it easy. We want to put tools in your hand. You know, I, I could tell you that I want you to leave here and whatever restaurant you go eat lunch at today, just start walking up to tables going, do you know Jesus? Let me just tell you, first of all, that isn't going to go over real well. Secondly, you will not be welcome back in that restaurant anymore, okay? What you want to do is bless somebody and walk away. Bless somebody and walk away. Do you know somebody who you could just go over and mow their grass? And just leave a little card on the door. Do you know somebody who, I don't know, think about it. Who's in your life that needs to be blessed? And, and, and it might not be somebody in your life you can think of right now. It could be a spur of the moment thing. It could be a spur of the moment. Somebody's on the side of the road and you're in a hurry. But you know what? I, I'm going to stop here and be Jesus to this family on the side of the road and I'm going to leave them my card right before I get in my car. I'm not going to leave my card and then answer 50 questions. I'm just going to leave my card and say, God bless you. I just wanted to bless you. Be Jesus. Somebody else might reap the harvest, but you'll get to heaven and that guy will walk up and say, hey man, you remember me? And you'll go, no, I don't remember you. You remember I was on the side of the road and you helped me and you gave me that little card and I got to tell you something, man, that got me thinking about Jesus and it got me thinking about church. It got me thinking about how I needed God and I got back in church and I gave my heart to Jesus and you got it started, man. That's why I'm here today. You think that would be very rewarding right there? I read something yesterday. It said, um, it said does the church have a mission? Or does the mission have a church? I think it's the second. 
The mission was put out there by Jesus. He said, now I'm going to create the church to carry out my mission. So the mission has a church. That's why we exist. That's why Whitley Church exists. That's why the bridge exists. Because we are people on a mission. We can build pretty buildings. We can do all that. But ladies and gentlemen, it isn't about that. All of that is to create a tool where we can get people to come introduce them to Jesus, disciple them, to send them back out again. That's all that is. What's the mission of the military? To defeat the enemy, to defeat the enemy. You know, they can spruce up the base all they want to, and I love driving on the base and seeing how nice and clean and uh, manicured it is and all that kind of stuff, but I gotta know that that's just one little thing that the main thing is defeating the enemy, amen? And we gotta remember what the main thing is. And for a lot of churches today, and I've pastored these churches, for a lot of churches today, it is not about the mission. It's about building this little club for Christians. We're not going to be that. We're not going to be that. God has called Whitley Church to give life. To give life. What is the mission of Whitley Church? To give life. Give life in everything we do. Opening our mouth, acts of our hands and our feet. Let's give life to people, give life. You'll have every opportunity in the world to talk about Jesus if you'll just be Jesus first. Father, thank you for your word today. We pray that this will sink in, that we will marinate in this today, God. I mean, I know people like it, you know, God, when I preach on how to get this and how to be blessed by that and and we talk about things you want to do in our life and miracle. But God, now it's time to talk about our responsibility. It's time to talk about not getting, not receiving something. It's time to talk about, and God, that's why I laid that foundation of those toxic attitudes last, last sermon series. Because I knew if we didn't get those toxic attitudes dealt with, this next sermon series wouldn't be worth 10 cents. So God, we gotta get the right mindset. We gotta get the right attitude. We are a church on a mission. And I pray that as the people depart from this place today and go out into the world, that they will go out understanding that the moment they get in that car and drive off this property, matter of fact, even in this building, there are people who do not know you yet. So we need to be very careful how we talk and how we act and how we present ourselves because we want to give life at the very moment that we say amen, you're dismissed, you may go. We got to say, I got to be life-giving. I want to be life-giving. God, help me be life-giving because somebody's eternity depends on it. We pray it in Jesus' name and everybody said. Now, right before you go, listen up. First-time guest, have a gift for you right back here. If you're investigating Jesus and the church, we got a packet for you right over here to pick up more information. Pick up some of those cards on your way out. We got them. They're already ready for you to uh, start using. We'll definitely have them here next week. I love you guys. Thank you so much. We're going to be up here in the altar. If you'd like to have prayer, the prayer team will be up here in the altar, and we'll be happy to pray for you before you go home. Thank you for coming.